Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hey everybody and welcome to the Are You Listening podcast where two friends sit down, talk about some music, one gives the other one a record to listen to for the week, we both listen to it. And we come back here and we discuss it. My name is Scott. I'm here with my good friend, Brand. Sir, how are you today? I'm wonderful. I'm ready for this episode. I'm excited for this episode. I'm excited for every episode. That's, it's unfair too. to point out that I'm excited for an individual episode. I love right. sitting here. Love talking to you. It's always excited. Love talking about music. I love it too. 100%. We're here because we started listening to another list of records because we don't have enough to listen to. Yes. We, we, we decided to listen to the, uh, the Loudwire 100 Greatest Hard Rock and Metal Albums of the 21st Century. So many caveats. So many. And on that list, there is albums from the both of us for each other on our original lists. So I decided to just nip it in the bud and give you machine heads, the blackening before we got there in like a week or two. Yeah. yeah. Which is, um, I've never listened to machine head. I've always been aware of machine head, but never, yeah. never dove in. I've, I've re- I recognize their symbol everywhere. Oh yeah. This is not a cover I've ever seen. I, I'm sure there's some other machine head records. I've seen the covers of, Mostly okay. probably because they have that logo, that yellow circle. The like, the M yeah, the uh, kind of like a warning biohazard yeah. symbol. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe once we get into this and we get into my breakdown and things, maybe I have gotten into Machine Head, like individual tracks way back in the day. And then oh, I was okay. like, I'm good. Yeah. And we'll talk about that when we get there. But you even said at the end <laughs> of the last episode, you were like, just don't let the the lengths of these tracks get to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're a bit long. I mean, there's only like eight tracks on this record, eight, and eight it's original over an hour long. <laughs> eight original tracks, two covers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can discuss the covers if you want. We don't I have, have to. brief notes for the covers. Okay, we'll get there then. Brief notes, but please, I want to know more about Machine Head first. Sure. Uh, Machine Head is an American heavy metal band from Oakland, California. The band formed in 1991 by vocalist and rhythm guitarist Rob Flynn who remains the only original member of the band. I didn't see California. No? This felt to me more like a, I, I hate this term because it can be so like construed a bunch of different ways, like a working class metal band. Okay. Like it felt like a, 
like a phoenix i guess i don't know <laughs> i don't know why phoenix pop. i tried i was okay i was thinking like pittsburgh because like pittsburgh seems like a working class city like it's not right a, yeah it's not a big time city yeah. that I, I would expect this band to come out of like the upper new york area maybe like okay. upstate yeah. new york things like that yeah. i was not expecting la the sound the sounds doesn't sound la to me they just sound grimy and la is more like when you think of la metal scene you think of hair metal first off at least i do that's it exactly where i go is to like yeah. poison well i mean i'm sure there are but i can't name a huge like heavy act out of la right now i'm sure i listen to a bunch but none oh, of yeah. them spring to mind as being from la right is avenge sevenfold from la i couldn't tell you that's I'd, what i that's I'd, what i picture I'd, as far as modern la hard music five finger death punch I mean, I'm sure there's actually some like some death bands? bands and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm yeah. sure there's like some deathcore <laughs> bands and some some heavy shit going on out there. But I yeah, I probably listen to them and don't even know. Most of the time, I don't know where most bands are from. Yeah, honest. I don't most either. And I think doing that, this. <laughs> I think that comes from uh, we listen to a lot of rap and hip hop and they always tell us where they're from. One hundred percent. I think that's what it comes from, where you, you just associate an artist with a place. And then when the artist doesn't give you a place, you just assume they're from the place. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, oh, you're from from Wyoming or something. <laughs> Nothing. I picture you guys from Montana. Nothing is in Wyoming. Do you picture the used from Utah? After the fact? Yes. <laughs> right. After you knew, though. Yeah, I would have never pinned it there, but after yeah. you hear them and like you understand, like, oh yeah, you're yeah, like, you're 100 miserable. I know exactly yeah. where you're from. <laughs> Definitely from Utah. <laughs> yeah, there are some weird ones. There's some really weird bands out yeah. there where they're from. Yeah, Utah it's is a funny. wild one though. The used is a it, wild one. Are they the biggest band the from Utah? Think they're Probably. the biggest band from Utah? I'm oh yeah. Okay. There's nobody else from Utah. Just misery and self hatred. I'm looking up musical artists from Utah. Oh, uh, we missed the big one. They're not the biggest one, by the way. Lies. No, because the biggest one is the one that had to have probably gave him the okay and the nod to even make music. What? The You mean, you don't remember the the legacy of this? The Osmonds are from Utah. Oh, Jesus. They like <laughs> ran the Utah music scene. I was unaware. Megan Dio from Utah. Didn't know that. Neon Trees. I like them a lot. Chelsea Grin. Chelsea grins from Utah. That's wild. Have you listened to Neon Trees before? Um, are they the pumped up kick song? No. What do I know the Neon? They, they, I know a hit from them. That I don't know what it is though. Yeah, they had a couple, but they were really good. I really, really liked them. There was a dude named Reginald Bill Beals who was alive from 1898 to 1988. What? Wow. <laughs> Ninety. That's that's a Utah. Big Utah is where it's at. Yeah, but we forgot about the Osmonds. I don't know how we forgot about the Osmonds. Uh, because I never think of them at all. That's why. But you need to know, if there's a band in Utah, they had to go to the Osmonds and get that okay. It's like the, it's like the Mafia up there. The Osmonds That's are wild. The, the, the Osmonds are the Utah Mafia. <laughs> but, as we found out, a band that's not from Utah. Right. <laughs> Oh, uh, Machine Head's aggressive musicianship made them one of the pioneering bands in the new wave of American heavy metal. The band's lineup for the Blackening comprised of Flynn on guitar and vocals, bassist Adam Deuce, D-U-C-E, lead guitarist Phil Demel, and drummer Dave McLean. Machine Head's first four albums earned the band a growing European fan base. However, the band wouldn't have much success in the United States until later releases. The band drew a bit of controversy with its fourth album, Supercharger, which was released 
three weeks after the September 11th attacks, its only single crashing around you and and its music video, which featured burning buildings was pulled from all other media outlets. There was a couple records that were supposed to come out on 9-11. I know, yeah. uh, was it Glitter? I think the Mariah Carey album Glitter was supposed to come out on 9-11. I, didn't it? I thought it did. Well, I don't think it did. I think they pushed everything. But I know there's like promotional material and items out. Like there's there's yeah. like 9-11 Glitter stickers out, which is fucking insane. That's crazy. And I would like to get my hands on one of those. If, if there's a <laughs> list out there that has a line on a Glitter 9-11 sticker, get at me. <laughs> Just let us know. But you mentioned New Wave of American Heavy Metal. And yeah. the first band that pops in my head when I think of that is Lamb of God. Yeah. I always thought they were like the big one. And then I think. I mean, they came think, out around the same time. I know. And I wonder if Lamb of God is one of the main reasons why I didn't listen to Machine Head. Because you were on that Lamb of God. I was in, in such a, a Lamb of God lane. Yeah. And then I was look. I was, I was trying to find other bands that they consider the New Wave of American Heavy Metal. And I got a list that it's it's again one of those things that it's too long and half these can't count. Right. Like we can't have Black Veil Brides in the new wave of American uh, heavy metal bands. No, no, you can't. Again, though, this is where we run into the problems. If Wikipedia has an issue with music genres, because anytime a music <laughs> genre is mentioned in an article, they will just pop it. In. They throw it right in there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's better genre breakdown sites but i refuse to abide by them so i will continue <laughs> i will continue to go by it to wikipedia and see that it's all wrong yeah and then then like, it gives us content then yeah. we get to talk about it it's only but all you need to know is lamb of god is on the list that's all, that's that, all we need and to that know. makes sense and machine head is also there you go and so is a static love by atreyu at the drive-in and Thursday. wow no <laughs> <laughs> Well, back into Machine Head, having experimented with elements of groove metal and new metal in their early releases, Machine Head changed to a more traditional thrash metal sound and longer songs with their sixth album, The Blackening, which drew critical acclaim and was chosen as Album of the Decade by Metal Hammer in 2010. I mean, do we have to go back to that decade and look up all the fucking releases that came out? We don't I'm not we saying just agree with them. I'm not I'm not putting my stamp either way on this record yet yeah but i'm just saying decade that's a lot decade it is a a lot lot of records records. and you said they did uh, there there's a little bit of new metal in here like you can hear it here and there a little bit but what made you or is this your favorite machine head record yes this was the first one i listened to uh because i went to mayhem fest in 2007 and they were on the main stage and think Hatebreed was on that bill. Uh, Kingdom of Sorrow, which was Jamie Josta and uh, Kirk from Crowbar. They were on that bill. Megadeth was a headliner, I think. And Machine Head was on, on the bill. And I had never heard any Machine Head. So I went to, like straight to, it was probably Best Buy or FYE or Hot Topic and picked up this record. So I could listen to it and at least know a little bit of what they were going to play. And yeah, I went nuts over this record. I just thought that if if your intention, <laughs> like if you didn't have an actual favorite Machine Head record, if your intention was to get me on board quicker, you would think one of those new metal records would probably do Oh, it, it definitely wouldn't have been this one. Yeah. But this is my favorite one. Like if yeah. I would, and, and, and I'm, was and I'm happy you, with that. 
Yeah. yeah, if my intention was to get you into this band, I probably would have picked something else. Probably, I should have probably would have gone with Supercharger that, you know, came out a couple of weeks after 9-11. We could have talked about that more. Yeah, I mean, but, I've done the same thing to you. Like I've said, this yeah. isn't, I, I don't even, this is, I, I'll even say, this isn't their best record, but it's my yeah. favorite record. Yeah, yeah. Cause it, and it also makes the show more natural. We're not here fucking bullshitting and lying about what we like and don't like. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, this is um, the first record of theirs I picked up. I saw them tour this record. Okay. It's my favorite from them. The album's first single, Aesthetics of Hate, earned the band a Grammy Award nomination. For best metal song? For best, best metal, metal performance. performance. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. The Blacking Room was released March 27, 2007. Sold 16,000 units in its first week and became the band's third highest charting release at 54 on the Billboard 200. I will say, even only hearing this record from them, Mm -hmm. I can understand the type of fan base that a band like this could garner. Like, this band is going to have diehard fans of this band. They still do. They put out a record. They put out a record last year, 2022. And... If I remember correctly, it's just a pretty good numbers. The people who I, in my head, I I see and have heard talk about Machine Head, they all make sense to me now. Like, I'm like, okay, I, I get you now. Like, before, if somebody like, you heard that new Machine Head? I'm like, what? That's what we're, <laughs> that's what we're excited about today? Is Machine Head? <laughs> right, right. It, just, it just always seemed off the, off the wall and off. But it might just be me. Like, maybe they just never, they've never appeared in my world. I don't know how. Right. I don't know why. I didn't have friends that were into them. There were other other bands around. I'm sure there's. I'm sure if you looked at the bands that they toured with for probably 15 years, every single time there was a band on there that I enjoyed and listened. Lamb to. of God. I I'm pretty sure that. they toured with Lamb of I God. Yeah, guarantee you they toured with Lamb of God. I love yeah. Lamb of God. Huge. And then that fan. that Mayhem Fest. They toured with Hatebreed. I think that might be the case. I think I there was always just a band that I preferred, just preferred more. Yeah, that's probably just what it came down to. I just prefer right. them more. Not, nothing against Machine Head. I was like, I'd rather listen to Lamb of God over here. Yeah. The cover art for The Blackening was based on an engraving from the 16th century. It conveys the reoccurring Christian themes of the temporary nature of worldly power. It features a skeleton on a throne covered in symbols and trappings of royalty. The skeleton bears a mirror with the words, the mirror which flatters not. Flynn thought the whole record is like holding up a mirror to ourselves. It's talking about things that are going on now, but it's not necessarily specific to this time. I really dig the cover art. There's there's two different cover arts, too. So there's the one with the skeleton, and then there's uh, the special edition that came out afterwards. It came with like a DVD and then had the uh, bonus tracks on it of like a demon eating people. But they're both in that like old engraving style. Like look, looking like a black metal cover. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. That's why you like it. They, hey, it drew me right in. Yeah, that's all the notes I have for the record and the band really. So we can jump into our our favorite part. Uh, other albums that came out March two thousand seven. I, uh, I should have a lot in here. I should have some stuff in here. I there is some stuff in here that I'm pretty sure you're about, especially this first one. Goodbye to the gallows by Emure. Yeah, that was the first one I heard from them. It's fucking filth, man. Yeah. Like if, <laughs> if you like the cleanliness, I mean, we 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 listen to Felony, right? Yeah. Like yeah, that thing's dirty, but the production's clean. Like it's a dirty yeah. record, but the production's right. clean. If you listen yeah, to yeah. Body of the Gallows, it is filth the whole yeah. way through. It's Just fucking sand grimy and, and dirty and grunge. Okay, I don't want to use the term grungy because that's a genre. Yeah. 
but it feels run down. Like that's how fucking sometimes it's too much. Like I don't yeah. go back to Goodbye to the Gala as much. There's like one or two songs where I can go back to, but the the th- the project as a whole, it's a little it's a little rough for me. Gotcha. Uh, also released on the fifth, we have Corn's MTV Unplugged. I'm sure you were into that thing. I don't remember it at all. I think somebody said Corn Unplugged, and I was like, yeah, no. What and what year was this? Oh seven. Oh seven. Yeah. So I think they corn performed a song with Amy Lee of Evanescence on that. I think. Oh yeah. No, I'm all the way out. Cause I recall seeing a video of it. I mean, maybe it was just a video they made, but I, I okay. pretty sure it was from unplugged where Amy Lee sung something or maybe corn joined her for an unplugged. I don't know. I know there's something I'm, going on with her. I, this could all be wrong. This is just me <laughs> pulling things out of my head that I right. think. happened. <laughs> Uh, coming out on the six, we have Chimera with Resurrection. I believe that that's a band that could be in the new wave of British heavy British. No, the new wave of American heavy metal conversation. Gotcha. I think they were a little more hardcore at times. Okay, I've never listened to them, so I don't. I don't know. I have a weird relationship with them. I also, to this day, don't know how it's pronounced. I hope it's, it's Chimera because that's it the is. way I say it. But yeah. then I've also said Chimera before. Oh yeah. I mean, if it's if it's the mythical creature, it's Chimera. Yeah, yeah. I've I've listened to a couple of their records. I owned a CD or two of theirs back in the day. Oh, okay. But I don't think they ever really did a whole lot for me. Also on the six, we have Dying Fetus with War of Attrition. Every time a Dying Fetus pops up, you're like, he's got he knows this. I was like, he knows he's got to know it. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> know if that's what I've listened to. I don't know okay. if that's what I listened to. But I, I was definitely always been aware of Dying Fetus. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, we also have Seven Dust with Alpha. Are you a Seven Dust guy? I think Seven Dust is so underrated. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I they're agree. very, very good. That being said, I can't find myself listening to them a lot, which might be why they're underrated. Because <laughs> right. like, right. if, if the guy who thinks they're underrated doesn't listen to them a lot. Right. Mm, are yeah. there people who don't like them going to listen to them? I don't think so. No, probably not. I saw Seven uh, Dust live once, though. Did you? It was at a festival. I like those festivals, but I, I, I get bummed because they're not full sets. That's the only only downer i think they played after the crystal method oh i don't need that in my life <laughs> and before eddie rd oh wow that's a wild was that the heineken festival uh rolling rock rolling rock that's what i mean. I knew it was, was a green the, bottle that was the second one though not the first gotcha. one the first one was the blink and some 41 and def leopard one yeah this was this was the second one this is the one where uh the dude from finch got laid out by the dude from Disturbed. You're right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. that's this one yeah on the 13th, we have 8-Ball and MJG with Ride and High. Yeah. I, I've only recently gotten into 8-Ball and MJG officially. Okay. I, I, I had to really, really force myself not to buy a bootleg shirt of theirs like two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Big fans. Big fans of them. Uh, then we have Typo Negative with Dead Again. And you've never been a Typo Negative guy. Nope. I don't. There's one album that I kind of cared about, but. Not um, Dead but Again. You, you liked that. God damn it. I looked this up when we did it before, but I'm not going to remember how to pronounce it. Yeah. Woods of Yepres. Woods of, it's not Yepres. It's Yepres. Yep. E- 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 yeah. You like that Woods of Yepres record, though, and there's some some of the similarities same there. Just the singing. Yeah. But Peter Steele's voice was way deeper. I don't understand, man. Yeah. He was in Playgirl. I think I heard that. He was also 6'8". Good God. Yeah, imagine that dude yelling at you. Dude is tall. On the 20th, we have... You probably don't know them, but I had to write them in. Big D in the kids' table with Strictly Rude. 
I know of them. I think oh, okay. um, I had friends that were fans of Big D and the Kids Table. All right. And they played Warp Tour a bunch. So I probably oh, heard yeah. a song. I heard a song. They're I don't want to say ska royalty, but they're they're recognized. Yeah. yeah they're they're on, a higher tier. Yeah, I was they're not on the Mount Rushmore, but they're they're, they're, they're near it. Yeah. They have a little <laughs> statue out front. Yes. <laughs> uh, also on the twentieth, we have LP with I'll Sleep When You're Dead. I've never listened to it. No? Have you listened to a solo LP record? I've never listened to a solo LP or a solo killer mic. Oh, okay. That might be a thing later on. I just like them together. And I like one of the major things I like is when Killer Mike pops up on like an old Atlanta record that I didn't know was him when I heard it before. Oh, sure. Like, I think he pops up on word of mouth and I'm just like, that's Killer Mike. I know who that is. (laughs) It's just, it's just good shit. Yeah. Also on the 20th, we have Modest Mouse with We Were Dead Before the Ship Even Sank. Unless Wild Pack of Family Dogs is on that one. I don't know. I have no idea. I just know Wild Pack of Family Dogs come rolling through my yard one day. That's the song. That's the whole song. Gotcha. I have no idea. On the 21st, we have Hillary Duff's release, Dignity. I don't have it. No? This is late for Hillary Duff for me. Gotcha. Okay. Also, I also only have her Christmas record. I don't know if I ever got into her actual music. (laughs) (laughs) On the 27th, we have Clutch. Uh, with From Beale Street to Oblivion. Shout out to yeah. Dennis. You're a huge clutch guy. You love him. I've n- have never listened. Giant we will one of these guy. days. We will one of these stop days. Stop talking about clutch. You just keep saying I right. love him. I know. Uh, Good Charlotte released Good Morning Revival. I don't God. know that one at all. Oh, 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 07? Good yeah. Charlotte. Well, that's a weird time for Good Charlotte yeah. to put a record out. Because that's, right? that's after they've went away and before nostalgia can hit. That's a weird in between. Right. Yeah. Really strange. Uh, then we have Little Flip with I Need Mine. I don't think that's the Game Over record. Game Over was a huge hit. I don't think it was oh, okay. 07, though. I think it was before then. But I'm I'm not anti-Little Flip. I own the Game Over 12-inch single, like okay. the DJ single. Gotcha. Uh, we have Red Man with Red Gone Wild, the album. Another underrated guy. Yep. Agreed. We have Tim McGraw with Let It Go. <laughs> Never in my life. I have. Uh, it's It's country. <laughs> I think it I think he's one of the guys that bordered on like reg like old country and pop country and it just it was a it was a weird thing for me. Yeah. Uh we have Young Buck with Buck the World. Oh. Oh, I think I own that on vinyl. <laughs> it's not a good album. Oh no. It's bad. It's a bad album. I knew you would at least have an opinion about it. On the 30th we have Melanie C with This Time. You're a Spice Girls guy. I am a Spice Girls guy, but I'm not a <laughs> Spice Girls solo records guy. Wait, now, Melanie C, is that Sporty Spice? I think so. I didn't know she did solo work. The first uh, Jerry Holloway record. Holloway? 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 Ginger? Whatever. Yeah. The first Ginger record I listened to, but I don't know if I listened to anything else. I know Baby Spice didn't put out a solo record that I know Yeah, of. you would have been all over it. I'd have been there. Yeah. I'd have been all over it. Spice Girls had two consecutive number one records. I didn't know they had two records. Eight number one singles from worldwide, from nine worldwide hits. The biggest selling debut single of all time. Spice Girls. And the biggest selling album in music history by a girl group. Wow. Wannabe topped 37 countries and sold over 7 million records. And then Spice peaked at number one in more than 17 countries across the world and sold 31 million copies. 
There you go. Spice World sold 20 million. Holy dog. I don't know if I knew these fucking numbers. That's a lot of records. <laughs> that That's is a lot, lot of, records. of records. Yeah. All right. What's the last one? Last one is one we'll, aver- we'll visit for the show eventually, but it's Silver Chair's final record, Young Modern. Yeah. I don't know what one that is. That's not nope. the ballroom one. That's not the one no, with the big hit not. on it. Nope. It's not. It's, Are we going to uh, do all Silver Chair records? No, we're only doing three. And you already got one. They have five. So you're going to get the majority, but they sound different. The three I'm giving you, at least. Billboard 200 for the week of March 31st, 2007. Coming in at number five, we have my favorite, Akon with Convicted. Convicted. First record, I think. No, can't be his first record. 2007? In 2007? Locked Up. When did Locked Up came out? Because I feel like it would be on there. Because Freedom, I think, came out in <laughs> oh, oh 09. By the way, I just listened to Freedom last week. <laughs> oh, this is a weird Akon record. He has a sh- he has a shirt on it. He has a <laughs> <laughs> he has a shirt on. I, it, it meant more like he has like a like a blazer on. But yeah, this is. I mean, I know Smack That, but I don't know if I know the actual Smack That. I think I know the remix of Smack That. I don't know anything from this. Coming at number four, we have the self-titled album from Daughtry. Oh no! Oh yeah. We're deep in the Three Doors Down vibes. Were you watching American Idol when Daughtry was on? I No, I, I think we watched just the first season and that was it. Daughtry to me is like the human embodiment of Hailstorm. <laughs> like he's, he, is, he is the guy. Like that's the guy. Oof. I think the audience might need context on this. Hailstorm is on the, uh, the list we were, we're listening to. Hailstorm has the attitude. It's basically like if... The attitude that Hellstorm has doesn't match the music they're playing. Does that make sense? I don't know. It's weird. The attitude in the music doesn't match the music. Yeah. To me. To me, at yeah. least. If you're a Hellstorm fan, more power to you. I hope you enjoy it, and I'm glad you do. They sell records. That's whatever. Apparently. Which, oh, by the way, what were we talking? Oh, um, 21 Savage. I forgot to mention at the end of the episode that mm. he's like the fifth highest streamed artist in the world. Whoa, really? Yeah. Well, does that count features? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It counts okay. everything. The, counts yeah, because he's featured Drake all album. over the place, and that Drake album well, is huge. The Drake album put him over. Like, he, like, doubled his streams with the I'm Drake sure. album. Yeah. And apparently Future, I read Future was mad at Drake for putting that record out with 21 Savage. Oh, really? Because Future and Drake have a collab album, and, and the, the idea, the rumor is that it makes that seem less special because he put one out with 21 Savage. Wow. It, it, it sounds like Future's kind of butthurt about it. Well, I think because they were supposed to put out a part two to oh. uh, I think it's called What a Time to Be Alive is the okay. name of the record. And they were supposed to put out like a follow up to it. And I, I the idea, I guess, is that because they're Drake put out another collab project, there's gonna be less hype for the one with future. That just okay. sounds to me like future isn't confident enough and isn't as yeah. confident as he should be because I mean, future sells records. Yeah, he's At still he on the billboard to. charts. He's still on the billboard charts. Oh, OK. He was like the third highest selling rap record last year. Oh, is that right? I don't know anything about <laughs> yeah, it. It was fucking wild. Coming in at number three, we have Rich Boy with his self-titled album. I don't think I know what that is. Never heard of him. No. No. I feel like I might have heard Rich Boy, but I don't know. I know I know Rich Rich the Kid, maybe? I don't think I know Rich Boy. Yeah, me neither. Coming in at number two, we have Lloyd with Street Love. Lloyd was a sex guy. Yep. Was he? he I, mean, I don't know anything about him. Every I've never listened to a Lloyd record, but every feature I've heard of Lloyd on was kind of a sex record. Was so, it? Gotcha. So that, that him and Akon, him and Akon in there at the same time makes sense. Well, coming in at number one, we have Music Soul Child with Love and Music. Who? 
Music Soul Child. Who's Music Mus- Soul Child? You don't say he's, it to me like I should know who this is. You should know who it is. No, he's he's an R&B guy, so I know you're not into him. But I, if I recall correctly, because I've never really listened to a Music Soul Child record, uh, he's kind of a sexy time type dude, too. Well, I got a couple other ones. Coming in at number nine, we have Fall Out Boy with Infinity on High. I've only listened to one Fall Out Boy record. Maybe two. I listened to two. The yeah, first two. I, I didn't get in on this one. I think this is where I fell off with Fall Out Boy. Coming in at number 17, we have Nickelback with all the right reasons. I sent you that TikTok with Nickelback uh, in it. I hated it. I honestly, I, th- I don't know what's going on right now. I don't know what kind of publicist they have behind them, but there is this campaign right now Yeah, to make, if not the music, the band like more likable. Okay. And it, I think it's working on me. Like, oh no, I'm I'm not listening to the Nickelback. I don't like the music, but yeah. between that TikTok I sent you and then I saw an interview where they were asked about um how all of their songs became memes and people hate them on the internet and shit. Yeah, and the and Chad Kroger, the lead singer, which by the way doesn't look anything like Chad Kroger anymore. Yeah, your short hair and oh yeah, yeah, his yeah. is all different. I think, but. <laughs> <laughs> But he he said, yeah, we see it's out there. He's like, do you ever see that that the meme with look at this graph? He's like, yeah, that's our music. We could put a copyright claim on that, but we don't because it's funny. Oh, well, that's cool, I guess. And, and I'm like, okay, like if you if you have that kind of humor, if you if you can ha- if you can laugh at yourself like that, by all means, more power, do whatever you want to do. Sure, and just put like out better music. No, because people love the music they're putting out. So <laughs> that's true. Just because we don't, they can they nah, can do what they want. I suppose. I, but it, it, there was a point of me where I was like, maybe I've been too hard on the band. Like, oh, not no. the music. Not the music. The oh, okay. The oh, maybe. <laughs> Didn't Chad Kroger like marry Avril uh, Lavigne? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although the rumors are that it wasn't the real Avril Lavigne, it was the clone Avril Lavigne. Oh, yeah, sure. I've you never heard yet. that. You never heard I have that heard that. Rumor. I just I don't know when it took place or what actually happened, he married but... he married somebody else famous after her i think another another like big musician I marriage wrong. marriage is an institution maybe i'm thinking <laughs> uh, no i th- i also confuse him with the dude from queens of the stone age i think got the billboard hot 100 coming in at number five we have the sweet escape by gwen stefani featuring akon i'm sure i've heard it i don't remember it though me neither this is akon's big times man this yeah. is when akon was he's killing he's it. doing it Number four, we have Cupid's Chokehold slash Breakfast in America by Gym Class Heroes featuring Patrick Stump. You remember that one? Was it always Cupid's Chokehold slash something? I thought the song was just Cupid's Chokehold. I thought so too, but when I looked up the charts, yeah, it's slash Breakfast in America. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Travi McCoy. Doing it. I think that was their like first uh, breakout record. I think so. I think it was the big one. I think I had it. Uh, number three, Don't Matter by Akon. He's the man. Yep. I'm glad you're witnessing it yourself and not thinking I'm lying to you. I told you oh, Akon no. was a chart killer at one point. Yeah, I get it. It's just not, <laughs> not for me. That freedom uh, record, man. Okay, sorry. Number two is This is the way. This is Why I'm Hot by Mims. You remember that song? Nah. This nope. is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. This is why, this is why, this is why I'm hot. Oh yeah, this I is do why I'm hot. That. I'm hot because you not. It's fucking not good. Oof, that's not. That's not for me. <laughs> that's that's not for me. 
the song actually isn't awful when you hear it itself, but it's clearly a pop rap song. Yeah. Coming in at number one, we have Glamorous by Fergie featuring Ludacris. I don't think I know that song. I'm sure I've heard it. I'm sure we have. It, I mean, it's Fergie and it was number one, so it was all over the damn place. <laughs> Fergie's had a wild career. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> Good for Fergie. Uh, we just talked about her. She was coming in number eight, Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. That's when Avril Lavigne went straight pop. Yeah. She was still riding that pop punk slash like scene girl wave for a while. For a little bit, yeah. And then with Girlfriend is, hey, hey, you, you, I don't like, I don't your, like girlfriend. your girlfriend. Yeah. No way, no way. I think you need a new one. I'm going to well, be honest. I'm going to be honest. Go ahead. I, I, I hate I, it. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. it. I hated it when it came out. I recognize how quality it is as a pop song. That because that is a hook. That's like, oh Mickey, you're so fine, you're so fine, you're blah blah yeah. blah. Hey Mickey, it's yeah. the same. It's the same shit. Yeah, it is. Uh, coming in at number twenty five, Candyman by Christina Aguilera. I don't know if I know that one. That's a later Christina Aguilera song. Yeah, yeah. Number twenty nine, we have You in Your Hand by Pink. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a big track. It was. Yeah. And then coming into number 40, the last one I have written down, Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. That one's for me. How's that one go? What's that one? I know that one. It's really quiet guitar beginning. It's doom, 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 doom. I always confuse that one with uh, How to Save a Life, I think. By sure. The we'll waste time chasing cars. Okay. I think I like that song. Heads. I covered it a long time ago. I think I like that song. I don't think I, I like the album, but I like that song. I, I like Snow Patrol. Of course I do. They're Irish. Is that the one with... Oh, no, then it's not the one with Miley Cyrus's brother. What's the band that was like that, that was Miley Cyrus's brother's band? I have absolutely no idea. They had a huge hit. Metro Station. Okay. I'd never heard of them. Giant hit. You heard that fucking hit. I, maybe. I don't know it. I've never heard of Metro Station as a band. Shake, 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 you shake it. What? Shake it by Metro Station. You've definitely like a Polaroid picture. It is Trey Cyrus, who is Miley Cyrus's Miley brother. Cyrus's brother, and he's fucking tatted like forehead to toes. Oh my! Dad is proud. I think Dad's too busy having affairs. <laughs> Dad's just something. trying to stay relevant. Anyway, that's he something can. that actually happened. Yeah, that's all the notes I have. For everything. Well, not really. I have track by track stuff too. Uh, but we're here to talk about Machine Heads, The Blackening, released March 27th, 2007. Only eight tracks, but coming in at 61 minutes and four seconds, plus two additional bonus tracks. Brand, tell me your thoughts on clinching the fists of dissent. First thing before I dive into individual tracks, I have to say that I'm not smart enough. Okay. to evaluate a lot of these tracks at the lengths they are. All right. So like most of my notes are stream of consciousness as I'm listening. <laughs> because this first track comes in at 10 minutes and 37 seconds. I, I will tell you that I did. I listened to this album two or three times through without looking at track like lengths. So okay. I didn't even know which tracks were which because there are some switch ups in these tracks that could be a different track. For sometimes. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I gave myself a nice level, like building block to to go through the record after I listened to it twice the whole way through without okay. knowing the track line. All right, I like it. So, clenching the fists of descent. Yes, sir. Really slow building because it's a ten minute song. Yeah, it's got two <laughs> minutes before it even kicks in. A lot of these tracks. It's, yeah, it's rough. Yeah. I realize that. 
yeah, a, a really slow build in, and then it rips in with some riffs. Yeah. And then at that point, I would hope the song would be over at like two, like they rip in at a point where most songs I would hope they'd be over. So like two minutes in and that track starts, I would, at normal time, I'd be like, all right, this this song is done, right? But (laughs) they made me wait two minutes for it and then crush me with it. Yeah. First vocal is that early 2000s, like metalcore shout of sorts. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of, it's not a scream. It's not a growl. It's barely a harsh vocal. It's kind of just a shout almost. Sure. And you know, I normally hate shouts. Yeah, I was slightly worried. This one, it worked for me. Maybe because they made me wait so long for it. I don't know. Right. Yeah. But I enjoy this. The moments when he's like grunting words reminds me a lot of Dez and Cole Chamber. Okay. Yeah, I can hear when that. When he's like, yes, time. Like that's, yeah. that's a super Dez thing to me. Yeah. I'm not against any of the shredding in this. I think it's a nice touch. I think it nice. adds to this. I, I think it adds to this track very nicely. There's yeah. enough changing... And there's enough happening that the length isn't an issue for me. There we go. The hook, I put that in quotes because I, I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. The hook is solid. There's some Pantera vibes I'm getting out of this here and sure. there. Sure. Yeah. There's gang vocals. And then mm-hmm. the vocalist sounds exactly like Max Calavera. Like sounds oh, exactly okay. like a Soulfly record for a minute, which you yeah. know I'm into. Yeah. The spoken part build up to the disgusting like breakdown of sorts. Mm-hmm. It's perfect with perfect pinched harmonics. If you put pinched harmonics in a record, I will fuck you're down. That's I it. can't get away from it. I love it. Does something in my head. It almost gives me ASMR. I love pinched harmonics. <laughs> and then there's sick grooves that feel better after waiting into the pole for nine minutes. So like I'm waiting into this wow. track for nine minutes and then I get some sick grooves towards the end. Yeah, it's a good track. It was a really good track. That's I, awesome. I really appreciate this opener. Flynn said clenching was one of the most difficult to construct due to the number of tracks on it. The intro of the song has 90, including multiple three-part harmony with two guitars, 20 tracks of snare drum, four tracks of kick drum, and military marching cymbals. The song continues with five electric guitars, three acoustic guitars, and two bass guitars. I mean, I'm not a music expert, but how much of a difference is there between 20 snare tracks and 10 snare tracks like what's the difference no idea just to say you put 20 in it sounds like it sure so moving on to beautiful morning yep aggressive intro and i'm on board with it shortest song on the record the cleans he has cleans on this one because there weren't many in the first record yeah they've already earned it for me they can have these cleans use the cleans i'm not gonna not gonna tear it not gonna hold it against you i'm not gonna bring the band down you've earned it on this one yeah. And they're also not super overbearing and long. Like they're there, they disappear. They're there, yeah. they disappear. Yeah. I'm glad they showed me the band they were in the first track and that this wasn't the first track. Because if this right. was the first track, those cleans would have been like, oh, is this what you are? Is yeah. What you guys are doing? Yeah. Yeah. Even though it rips, I would have still been unsure about it based on the cleans. Mm-hmm. The cleans here give me a kill switch vibe. That's what I'm okay. getting off of. Yeah. Heavy yeah, kill I can switch feel that. Vibe. For sure. Which also got me thinking, like, how many bands did Machine Head kind of influence? Right. Like, is, that, is, is that why I never heard of Machine Head? Because they influenced so many bands that I heard their sounds and elsewhere and would rather right. listen to them. Yeah, it could be. Uh, Goddamn, does this band know how to build to a payoff and yeah. pay it off? Like, right. Not only do they know how to build there, they know what to do once you get there. For sure. It's like how REM makes you wait two verses for the, for the course. course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Machine Head makes you wait for whatever you're really looking for. And for me, yeah. it's the heaviness. I'm, I'm looking for more of the heaviness. So when they build there, I'm like, here yeah. we go. 
And then when they pay it off, I'm like, yes, that's exactly, exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Part of the cleans here at the end reminded me of System of a Down. That's how much range oh. he was hitting with them. There was a little bit yeah. of System of a Down in there with it. This is a playable song on Guitar Hero Metallica. Guess what Guitar Hero I never played? <laughs> Metallica. <laughs> I think I played it one time at a friend's house. It's same with like the Beatles. Like, I don't name it that. I know yeah. there's other tracks on it. Don't name it that. I right. can't buy it if it's that's what it is. I don't know why. Just I can't. Name it Guitar Hero Thrash. I'm going to get back into Guitar Hero, man. I, sh- I-, I love that shit. I loved it, too. Uh, like I said, this was the shortest song on the album. It's four minutes and 46 seconds. Yeah, it was good. I liked the yeah. four minutes and 46 seconds. Yeah, it was good. Next up, Aesthetics of Hate. The single. Coming in at six minutes and 30 seconds. The single Grammy-nominated metal performance. That small riff in the beginning, the it's the same riff used in every metalcore track in like 06. Right. Like Bullet for My Valentine used that in every song, I think, for two albums. Like it's the same riff. Yeah. Every time the song takes a turn, it interests me to follow wherever it's going. I'm handing the wheel over to this album at this point. Like I'm not, I'm done trying to steer my thoughts on it. I'm done trying to figure out where it's going. There's chugging in this that gets me every time. You yeah. give me a chug and I'll be in. There's a very Fear Factory, Spine Shanky vibe on this oh, one. Oh, okay. Like, more of an industrial sound, I think. This one has sure. a little more of an industrial sound. Mm-hmm. The two guitars playing the same riff, although you just told me that it could be six guitars. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But, but live, live yeah. it's two guitarists playing the same riff at the same time. It sounds great. The solos are interesting enough to keep me. The vocals here are kind of, this is where I got that every man. The vocals are kind of an every man vibe. Sure. Like he's not, he's not out there doing a Bruce Dickinson where people look at him like, wow, that's super talented. Right. And he's not doing a harsh vocal that people wouldn't understand how to do. It's kind of just like, you want to be a lead singer of a band? You can do it. Do it. And I yeah. really appreciate that. May the hand of God strike them down has such a Marilyn Manson vibe to me. Oh, okay. Like, I hear and feel Marilyn Manson when he's singing that part, and I'm just thinking, I wish Marilyn Manson wasn't a horrible human being. <laughs> <laughs> right. Aesthetics of Hate is a retaliation that captures the band's anger towards an article written by William Grimm for the conservative website Iconoclast.com titled Aesthetics of Hate, R.I.P. Dimebag Abbott, and Good Riddance. Whoa. Yeah. The article praised the murder of Dimebag Daryl by Nathan Gale while Daryl was performing with Damage Plan on December 8th, 2004. Grimm wrote Daryl was, quote, an ignorant, barbaric, untalented possessor of a guitar who looks more simian than human and is part of a generation that has confused sputum with art and involuntary reflex actions with emotion after reading the article flim was furious and wrote the song to send a message to grim implying fuck you and to pay tribute to Dimebag. the song was nominated for best uh, metal performance but lost to final six from slayer untalented is the weirdest part in there like you can I- and and also making uh t- being saying you're happy somebody died I'm against that yeah, too. I'm the too. other shit, you can make that point. Like you could, you could make that point saying that it's it's toxic culture. Because let's be real, it fucking was. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. a toxic culture surrounding all those dudes, right. and they just they were just sucked into it and not changing it. But untalented is weird because I mean, one of the greatest guitarists, one hundred percent, one of the greatest guitarists. Untalented yeah. is weird. 
but well that that's why Flynn wrote this song and that's like why he's so like going at whoever the subject in the song is obviously it's the writer of that article but Mm -hmm. man he gets he gets into it it is definitely a fuck you one last piece about the end of the song there's a there's like a build-in with that may the hand of god strike them down that Mm -hmm. you're expecting a breakdown and then it kind of like swerves you and gives you a a gregorian chant kind of yeah (laughs) yeah and then it leads into some groovy heaviness and the unexpectedness of that made me happy. So yeah. if I were still trying to steer this record, that would have bothered me. But I turned right. the wheel over to the record and said, you do what you need to do. And it surprised me. And it was so unexpected that it made me happy. I like that. Rob part. Flynn, take the wheel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to now I lay thee down. Yeah. This intro, I don't know when the Mushroom Head record came out, but mm-hmm. the intro is Almost the exact same as Mushroom Head's Solitaire Unraveling. I've never listened to Mushroom Head, so I have no idea. It, there's just it's just like a riff with some bells. Like that's kind of what it sounds okay. like, basically what this sounds like. And yeah. by the way, I did I did A B and it's not the same, but when I, was listening, when I was listening to it, that's all I could hear. <laughs> yeah. And then these vocals were definitely earned from the previous tracks grabbing me. Because some of these vocals didn't sit right. I was fine with them though. Like I said, I'm not holding it against them. Yeah. I'm in deep enough that I accept them and the riff is heavy enough. This one, these vocals remind me of Howard from Killswitch, like specifically, yeah, right. specifically Howard from Killswitch. Gotcha. There's some mud vein feels in here that feel heavy. So in this re- in this track alone, I'm yeah. hearing Mushroom Head, <laughs> Killswitch, and Mudvayne. Mud <laughs> the track meanders a bit, but every time I feel myself disconnecting a bit, it picks up and grabs me back in. The last minute 30 of this track feels built for me. Yeah, it's fast. It's heavy. It's crushing. It's dissonant. There's pinched harmonics. I love I love the end of this track. Big fan. Awesome. This this track comes in at five minutes and 35 seconds. The song features a Romeo and Juliet esque love story about one person killing another person and then killing themselves. The original lyrics to the chorus of the song were considered poppy by Flynn and his bandmates. So they intentionally changed the lyrics so it would not get radio play. I respect it. (laughs) I respect it. The idea behind this entire record, even the lengths of songs, they made them so long so they wouldn't get play. I mean, it it makes sense. Yeah. You have to know the music industry in order to do that also. They were just done with everything music industry. And then, like, Aesthetics of Hate, coming out with that one, like, the subject matter of that one, they were just pissed off. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? Fuck it, we're putting out a record with two 10-minute songs, two 9-minute songs, <laughs> and then the ones that could be on radio, we made unairable because they're not poppy enough and nobody's going to like them. It's pretty great. Weird, weird time in music, though, because this was right before you started having those channels dedicated to that kind of music. Yeah. Like, before satellite radio was huge. I think satellite radio existed, but it wasn't Probably Johnny. a thing, but it was early. Yeah. Moving on to Slanderous. Yep. This song goes so hard and is a modern metal masterpiece. I think this song is unreal. It gets new medley at times. 100% mm-hmm. a banger. There is some words used that even in the context of the song are jarring. It's rough. Yeah. Like but even in the in context the, of the song, yeah. it's, it's, little, it's still like, oh, whoa, hold on. <laughs> hold yeah. on. What's this now? And then when you then like when you dive into it more and really read the context, you're like, well, yeah. I yeah. guess, but right. 
it's still tough, but I, I love this track. I, I even I even can't part my waves with the love of this because I think it's so good. Those words even jarring me. Yeah, it's I, it's like the me. white noise track from Stiff Little Fingers that we talked about. Yeah. It's yes. like completely there's completely inappropriate words used, but in the context of a song, it makes sense. Slanderous coming in at five minutes, 17 seconds deals with the hate that still exists throughout society and was the first song finished on the recording process that was in the final track listing. So this was was the first song they completed. They were like, yeah, it's going in. It's fucking excellent. I would like to hear a whole record of that. I mean, (laughs) not those words, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, this record kind of is a record of that, but also not a record. I think that that track is a little more unhinged. It's a little, a little wilder, a little, they just go for it on this one. A little angrier, I think. Slanderous is. And I think that this is radio friendly time length, Mm -hmm. but not subject matter. That might be why I love it so much too, because the time wise, it, it gave, it gave me exactly what I wanted. It didn't feel like it was meandering. Yeah. So moving on to Halo. Yep. As previously mentioned, I love pinched harmonics. And the <laughs> beginning of this track feeds me all of them. Yeah. <laughs> it feeds me these pinched harmonics. Yeah. Truthfully, these vocals are powerful and great, and they've earned it to for me to be okay with them at this point. Mm-hmm. But I also need to recognize that if I were like blasting this in my car, if I saw somebody walk by in a five-finger death punch shirt, I'm turning this down. <laughs> because i don't want somebody looking at me thinking we listen to the same music because the tones are a little we're the, the same. same dudes yeah yeah and i'm like no 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 man we're good this was uh <laughs> this was lady gaga i wasn't no no nah, man yeah. hey take it easy take it easy man <laughs> have a good one i'm also into the shredding and riffs here too this band is great and this is where i start to realize this is a hundred percent a full project band you can't sit mm-hmm. down and listen to a track by these guys. You can't sit down. Well, at least based off this, this record, I don't, I don't yeah, know what this the record. records are, but this yeah. record is a full project. If you broke any of these pieces off, it wouldn't be complete. It would just be a piece of the whole. Yeah. I couldn't imagine sitting down and listening to one or two of these, the ending of this track where it's like a gang vocal building is excellent. Again, the composition mm-hmm. of all these tracks had to have me in mind because <laughs> it's just enough to hold me. As soon as I start getting bored with the piece, I'll switch and throw they switch it up. In. Yeah. And that, that I'm on board for that every day. Every yeah. day. Halo is nine minutes and three seconds long. It was one of the first two songs that they demoed for this record in 2005. Oh, five song. Okay. Yeah. Definitely sounds different than 05 than it did in 09. Right. Seven. Seven. Oh, seven. Yeah, seven. Yeah. Okay, two years. The, other one, the other one they demoed in 05 was Aesthetics of Hate. Which is the one that got him a Grammy. Yeah. Nomination. Nom. Nom. Yeah. Grammy. Yeah. Uh, next up is Wolves. Yep. Most of this track could just be a Pantera track. <laughs> the, yeah. uh, there's an excellent breakdown-ish part. I have to say ish because their breakdowns aren't like actually breakdowns. They're more just like slower kind of chugging along, progressing yeah. record as opposed to punishing you. Yeah. It's a groover. There's riffs, pince harmonics. Only only one that I noticed the length is, is a bit long for me. Yeah, this is the this only is... one that I was like, oh, this thing, it's going. It goes, yeah, it goes. It's nine minutes and one second long. It's not that I'm, I'm not really against it on the record, but I just have to, I have to say that I noticed it. It's still, yeah. it's still a good track, but that's the only one that I was like, this thing's pretty long. I think because it doesn't switch up dramatically enough throughout the song. That's probably, that's probably because it, it does the same thing for me. Like, this is the one track that like, I'm like, okay, we're nine minutes in, bro. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do something. Yeah. Flynn described Wolves as difficult because it's all got to be super tight. 
there were so many riffs that had to be just locked on down picking. It's a riff fest. Yeah. And I think that's because like there's no groove in it. I've never thought of Machine Head as riffs. Like I've mm-hmm. never been like, man, Machine Head has riffs. Just because I've yeah. I've been very limited in what I've listened to. Sure. Based off this record alone, Machine Head has fucking riffs. Oh, like, dude, they, they have they riffs. Are, yeah. They have some riffs yeah, <laughs> that I'm surprised sure. people like. I know people that only listen to music for riffs, and, they and I'm don't just like, know anything do about not, Machine how Head. How do you not listen to Machine Head? Like, yeah. they, they, they have some fucking riffs here. Yeah. Moving on to a farewell to Arms. The closer officially. The intro, and by intro I mean first three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Of this song, it's just not for me. The picking, the harmonizing, any of it, it just doesn't sit right. It's going on too long for me. Yeah. But it's the last track, technically, of the record. So yeah. I'll, I'll give you it. kind of give it to them. They want to do whatever they want to do. They earned it. Once they get past it, it kicks in. And I love this riff. This yeah. riff is fucking killer. The vocals stay. And to me, the track kind of meanders around again. It picks up again. And I'm a fan of the solo here. It built it up. And I felt like I needed it. Like after, like towards the end of the song, it just kept building and building, and I needed that build to finish off this record. If it would have stayed stagnant, yeah, the record may have had a different tone in my head. Because if For it sure. ends on a weird stagnant record, then I'm like, did I really enjoy that record that much? Yeah, I-, I felt like I needed the ending of that track. Farewell to Arms is 10 minutes 13 seconds. Lyrically deals with the war in Iraq, which the band wrote about after conducting research and found that a lot quote a lot of stuff does not add up, according to Flynn. <laughs> Which oh. angered the band. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, I'm not I, lo- I love not the thought podcast. of Rob Flynn doing research on the Iraq war and just being pissed off because he just went quote, to Google. A lot of stuff does not add up. He just Googled Iraq war and then was like, I don't like these yeah, numbers. Nope. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like these numbers. I don't like it. Mission not accomplished. So then I'm just going to lump in these last two because they were covers. I just have yeah. very brief things for them. We have Hallowed sure. Be Thy Name, which is an Iron Maiden cover. Iron Maiden, yep. And a bat- and Battery, which is a Metallica cover. Yep. Which we had covered in our Metallica Master of Puppets episode. 100%. So Hallowed Be Thy Name, not as good as Iron Maiden to me, but it's sure. a respectable cover. And if I were a fan of Machine Head, this would be awesome. Like, I would oh, yeah. want this. Right. And then Battery, better than Metallica because no head filled. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like his voice, man. I don't like headphones yeah, voice at all. I know. So this is a better, it's a better version because I yeah. don't have to hear him yelling around. Both, both covers to me are respectable. I do prefer the Iron Maiden version more than the, more than the machine head version. But I, I like that they didn't go into it, changing it up at all. Like trying to make it sound different. They just did like, it's a legit, just a cover. And Rob Flynn did what he could vocally with it. As long as Headfield's not involved, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> so then my top three. Yeah, your top three. Number three, I got to throw Clenching the Fist of Descent just because it, it introduced me to this yeah. record. And sure. it did a great job. I really appreciated what it did for me and really opened me up to the rest of the record. Yeah. Because if there's there's like three or four other tracks here, even ones that I loved, that if they would have opened this record, I would have had a different expectation of the record. Yeah, it wouldn't have been the same. So Clenching the Fist of Descent, perfect opener. Yeah. Number two probably aesthetics of hate which That's makes my sense now two. that it was the single it, it yeah. makes a lot of sense and then my number one slanderous i thought that shit was fucking unreal sure uh my number three is now i lay thee down i, I love everything about that track uh my number two of course aesthetics of hate and then my number one is halo because i remember seeing them play that at that festival 
I think my big thing is, have you ever listened to Soil? No. Soil has a song, Halo. And oh, okay. every time I see a song called Halo, I just think of their song, Halo, which I actually really love. Mm-hmm. I don't think I love the whole band. I like that record, but it's another one of those that I would turn down if I saw a certain genre of person. <laughs> right. But their their Halo, man, I every time, even listen to this, I'd look and I'd see, oh, Halo's playing. And in my head, I'm just, I will stone you, stone you, wrap my arms around you. I will stone you, stone you, my little Halo. That's all I, that's all I heard. Every yep, that's time. not that track. <laughs> not the same track at all. <laughs> no. But I will give Now I Lay Thee Down my four honorable mention spot just because I heard yeah. all those different influences in there. For but sure. I don't mean like probably not influences, probably they influence the other bands. Yeah. yeah. So uh, brand Machine Head's The Blackening, Throne, Own, Phone, or Grown? Well, the first thing is I could not phone this because okay. phone usually means saving a couple tracks. Yeah. And I couldn't keep a couple tracks. I need the whole thing. So it's an own. Awesome. I'll, I'll, I will own this on. I, I, I refuse to put things in my. I don't know why my head's like this, but I don't put yeah. things in my Discogs watch list until after we record. Just in case you happen to see it on <laughs> Discogs. I look. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, oh, what's this? What's he looking for? What's that? Now? Yeah, right. But, but no, I, I yeah, I'll be on the hunt for this. I, yeah. I like this record a lot. And it is definitely a full, full record. Oh, yeah. I love it. I think spinning it would also give it some of some some more like actually spinning it and sitting there and sitting in it would make this record probably even a little better you own this record i don't i've been looking for it it's expensive no like don't tell me that yeah yeah either way it's a no no we'll go with yeah that's awesome i'm so glad you liked it i was worried like i said i was worried because the lengths are pretty long but i knew that they split up the those long tracks they went different ways with the parts of them and I really hoped you liked the first vocal <laughs> and I wasn't hundred yeah. percent sure if you would or not. If it would have been the singing vocal first, it would have maybe turned it a little bit, but I think I would have come back around to where I needed to. Be. Yeah. I'm just glad you liked it. That's awesome. So uh, this isn't the only thing you were listening to. What, what was your no, record week? I have two because damn it. you made us listen to this list. It's your <laughs> fault. My first record of the week, uh, Napalm Death Utilitarian. Yeah. I loved that record. It's it's a it's a really solid record. Yeah, it's really really good. Having never listened to Napalm Death before, uh, coming in on that thing, it was it was amazing. It was a like great it. blend of punk and hardcore and metal, and just went off from the beginning. I was a big fan of it. I like that record a lot too. Yeah, and then my second one is the aforementioned Woods of Vprey, Woods okay. Five, Gray Skies, and Electric Light. Mm-hmm. That thing. I didn't I didn't read the read up on it before I listened to it. I listened to it and it was it was heavy in in content and music. Dude's voice was super deep and crazy. And then he had some harsh vocals very sparsely put out through that record. And I just loved hearing those. It was like diamonds in the rough. Uh, And then reading that read up on it, hearing about his death at such a young age and uh, this record coming out like was it right before he died or right after he died uh, i think they pushed it after he died and then, yeah. they, and then they put it out later yeah and then uh he won they won a juno award for it, which is like the canadian grammys and yeah his mom accepted it did you did you see that uh mm. i i watched a video of her accepting it for him and it was pretty cool yeah it's a great record i was a fan of it i like both those i i can't argue with either of your records of the week yeah, My record of the week good. is very different than both of those records. 
Is it one you had me listen to this week? No. No? Okay. I don't think so. I mean, maybe you chose to listen to it, but I don't think I made you listen to it. Oh, no, no. I didn't say... I didn't mean... I said you had yeah. me listen to um, it. But, yeah, my record of the week me. is Sometimes Forever by Soccer Mommy. Oh, yeah. I did listen I to that one. I fucking love that record so yeah. much. It speaks to me so much. I love it. You did listen to it. I do remember I did you mentioned the, the effects on her vocals. Yeah. I have like nonstop, like anytime I have downtime from when I'm not listening to something for the show or for the list or for like my personal lists, <laughs> if I have like a spare moment in between, this is just popped on and it's just playing. And then the vinyl came in this week and I'm I love this record. I liked that shotgun song. Yeah, I, I think shotgun and new demo are the, the 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 shining stars on that record. Yeah, her she had vocal. She had a uh, vocal effects going on a lot in that record and it just. It threw me off a bit because I, uh, yeah, I think you told me to listen to the tiny desk, tiny desk. Yeah. And on that, she didn't have any vocal effects and I loved her voice. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And then after listening to that, I went straight to listening to the record and there were so many vocal effects. I was like, she doesn't need this though. I loved it. I think it's great. Uh, yeah. I, I liked her last record too. With the, the last record she put out was on a complex list of like greatest albums that came out that year that I was trying oh, okay. to listen through to. And I think it sure. was low on the list, like 70s, 80s, maybe, maybe even mm. 90s. But I liked it a lot then, but it didn't hit me the way that this one did. But because right. I was familiar from that record, I listened to this one and it it, it knocked my socks off. I gotcha. It. Big fan. So all that's left is for me to tell you what we're listening to next week, Scott. Yeah, what we got next week. I told you before we started in our pre-show meeting that it was going to yep. be from 06. 06 is what you said. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that is what we're going to go with. Okay. It is the album Prepare the Masses by the band A Change of Pace. A Change of Pace. Never of even pace. heard of them. Yeah. Um I don't know how. That that's where okay. I'm at. I don't know how you've never heard of them because I feel like they were always around. Other okay. bands that you listen to, mm-hmm. so I don't know. It should be fun. I, I don't okay. expect you. I don't expect you hating this. I think there might be a little of something that you'll talk about. We'll okay, there. I don't. I don't like give it too much away on here. <laughs> don't yeah. like give it too much away. But I also haven't looked into this band since I used oh, to listen. Fun. So whenever I do the research, hopefully we don't <laughs> come back and I have to say so. Yeah, right. All these guys are horrible. <laughs> right. I hope that's not what happens. Right. I yeah. think we're good, though, because usually I see that stuff even just like beforehand. Off. Just uh, yeah. So a change of pace. Prepare the masses. I really love this record. There's one track off here that was like an anthem for like two summers. Oh, of, wow. OK. Of my life. It's fucking great. Sweet. Maybe not, not even summers. Two years, I think. Just straight years. Wow. Like every every there, there's a specific time. You'll probably be able to pick out which one it is. But all right. Listen to that. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Pod. Follow us on Instagram at AOLpod. Send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Listen to all the Joy Road Media podcasts and live majestically. Ooh, I love it. I love I it. Like I, 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 I have to remind myself that because I I forget it and then I need to realize, no, you need to step back, live your life majestically. And I that's, I try, that's how I try to live. Scott, thank you for the episode. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you, brother. Love you. I love you, too. Listeners, thank you for listening. Are you listening? Are you listening? This could all be wrong. This is just me pulling things out of my head that I think happened. Definitely always been aware of Dying Fetus. And then coming in at number seven, Teen Wolf. You're a huge clutch guy. You love him. We'll waste time 
chasing cars. I will stone you, stone you, wrap my arms around you. I will stone you, stone you, my little halo. I hate I, it. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. it.